Welcome to Everyday Buddhism, making every day better by applying the proven tools found in Buddhist concepts. Hello everyone, welcome to the first session of the uh, Everyday Buddhism lecture series for the Everyday Buddhism membership community on mindful writing. This, uh, this mindful writing lecture series is called Poetry, Meditation, Mindful Writing, and Small Stones. Um, this will be available to the Everyday Buddhism membership community, but I'm releasing this one open to the public um, to see if you might be interested. Um, we're going to do a practice that will last all of October, so it's sort of like a workshop. Uh, do not worry, it's not a workshop on writing or poetry. Um, it's a workshop on a different way to do meditation and mindfulness through writing. Um, a little bit about how this came about. Um, first of all, let me tell you a little bit about how writing uh, is related to meditation and mindfulness and Buddhism in general across the course of history. In the Tricycle article by Gary Snyder, it, the article is called Just One Breath, The Practice of Poetry and Meditation. Um, he writes, quote, meditation is not just a rest or retreat from the turmoil of the stream of the impurity of the world. It is a way of being the stream so that one can be at home in both the white water and the eddies. Meditation may take one out of the world, but it also puts one totally into it. Poems are a bit like this too. The experience of a poem gives both distance and involvement. One is closer and farther at the same time." Unquote. Now in this series, I hope to introduce you to a new way of practicing mindfulness through writing. As Gary Schneider wrote, meditation can put you totally into the world, even as it takes you out of it. Mindfulness and meditation are practices of deliberate attention that can create also a spacious awareness of what is and help us escape the narrow box in our heads where the thinker sort of is trapped there. So focusing in on what is happening at any one moment, what is, doesn't narrow our awareness, even though you're focusing in, but instead opens us up to what is outside of our concepts of self and what we think we are seeing. A note of caution, however, and I said this at the beginning, and I'll just reemphasize it here, is this will not be a writing course, but a practice of engaged seeing, hearing, and feeling with the objective of capturing moments and expressing them through writing. This does not mean you need to be a poet nor a writer. You don't even have to be one that ever kept a journal. Poetry is not something only poets do. Gary Schneider explained more about that in that one, Just One Breath article I referred to at the beginning. He said, quote, in spite of the contemporary public perception of meditation and poetry as special 
exotic, and difficult. They are both as old and as common as grass. The one goes back to essential moments of stillness and deep inwardness, and the other to the fundamental impulse of expression and presentation. Now, Gary Snyder emphasizes that poetry has been a part of Buddhism for thousands of years, from the 2,500-year-old song of the forest-dwelling monks and nuns of India to today. Poetry is highly respected in Chinese literary culture, and many of the best-known poets, like throughout the Chinese canon, are touched with Chan and Taoist insight. Now, Snyder continues to explain how Chan teachers asked their students to write a few lines of poetry that he called, that they called capping verses as a way of explaining their own understanding of the teachings. You know, and I will share actually in our Bright Dawn Lay ministry training, we too were required to write that exact thing, capping phrases on our reading. They weren't poetry, but small bits of writing that applied directly to our everyday lives and designed to help us in remembering what identified as what we identified as the key teachings in the readings. And you know, some of my fellow students and actually students in later classes that I helped facilitate came up with some unbelievably catchy and brilliant little pieces, some of which I borrowed from my own capping phrases. As Snyder wrote about these capping phrases, he said, quote, they are valued not for the literary metaphor, but for the challenge presented by the exercise of physically actualizing the metaphor in the present. In other words, expressing what is at the very moment. Later in the article, he goes on to talk about Buddhist poetry. Specifically, he wrote, Quote, the ultimate subject matter of a mystical Buddhist poetry is profoundly ordinary. So this mindful writing that I'm talking about is all about the profoundly ordinary. The key is that you're mindful of that ordinary moment and mindful in an intense and focused way so that you can capture the moment with just a few words, as if you capture the moment with the smartphone camera. I've been writing in journals personally since I was a child, although at that time they were called diaries, and some of you remember, may remember if you're as old as I am, these small fake leather-bound books with locks and keys to keep brothers and parents from reading the very important thoughts and feelings of a 10-year-old. But from that 10-year-old and then to a pre-teenager and then a teenager, my diaries evolved to notebooks full of emotional and philosophical explorations. And the notebooks branched out again to another form of expression, poetry. Now, I don't remember the name of the seventh or eighth grade teacher. I don't even remember whether it was the seventh or eighth grade teacher, but one of them hooked me on poetry. And I owe her a lot. What a gift she gave me it was a vehicle to express me and the me at the intersection of everyone and everything else in my life. So looking back, I see these journals as the beginning of a lifelong practice of writing. And I do call it a practice. 
If I were to point to a practice that has consistently been my personal practice of mindfulness over the years, before and after becoming Buddhist, it would be writing. When I write, my writing allows me to see the world, myself, and the people around me exactly as they are, not as I had prepackaged them and placed them on the cell on the shelf. There's something about focusing on writing that makes you intensely honest. And that's sort of like you, you, you blow off the sort of uh, false narratives that you carry around with yourself every day. So when I came to the actual practice of this mindful writing through the work of Reverend Sacha Robin and her husband, Caspalita Thompson, both priests of the Amida order, I came on it about 2011. At that time, Reverend Sacha taught an online course in mindful writing and what she called small stones. She started an associated Facebook group where participants posted their daily or sometimes more or less frequent small stones. So what is a small stone? A small stone is simply a piece of observational or mindful writing that precisely captures a fully engaged moment. They're typically from one to a few sentences and can be in the form of haiku, poetry, or prose. And there are no strict rules. Like writing in a certain form, like a haiku, um, you don't have to do that, but you can if you wish. The purpose of writing small stones is not about the writing. It's about slowing down enough to notice what is around you, what you're smelling, what you're seeing, what you're touching, what you're hearing, and what you're tasting. Quoting Satya Robin, quote, Writing small stones helps us to step outside of our whirling head, which preoccupies most of us for most of the time. It is a discipline to notice at least one thing outside of ourselves every day. Small stones will help you connect to the world in all of its richness and complexity and juiciness, unquote. She also goes on to explain about why and how to write these small stones. She says, quote, when we translate something we've seen or experienced into words, it is necessary to pay more attention than we usually would. And I'll add, be more honest. A few minutes of mindful attention, even once a day, helps us to engage with the world in all its beauty and sometimes in all its ugliness. Small stones are everywhere all of the time. All you have to do is pause and let them appear to you. You'll know when you see one because it will set off a small burst of feeling inside of you. It could be that you really notice the ugliness of a piece of chewed gum on the pavement or the beauty of a pigeon, or you overheard a snippet of conversation that struck you as amusing or maybe even strange. Whatever you notice, you'll be noticing it with fresh eyes. So how do you do it? Well, here's a little bit about how to find and pick up your small stones during the day. So number one, you keep your eyes, nose, mouth, fingers, ears, and most importantly, mind open. Two, 
notice something, anything. Three, catch what you notice as it occurs. By carrying around a notebook and writing it in the notebook or having a dedicated note area or dictation area on your smartphone or tablet. Then as you notice something, you jot it down or you speak it into your dictation app and you do that as soon as you experience it. I'm going to give you some examples of small stones. Here, here they are. Towels and shirt and pillowcases show me the shapes of the breeze. This is a small stone by Reverend Sacha Robin. The next few are small stones that I've written over the years. Monochrome morning, sun jewels the treetops in golds. I'll say that again. Monochrome morning, sun jewels the treetops in gold. Bella running and jumping through the deep snow, chasing three, three deer beyond the fence. She almost leaps into a world where she catches them. The rubber squeak of the red-headed woodpecker landing on the suet. The only real thing is the constancy of the crickets, the breeze brushing my neck, and a church bell. So those are just some examples. It can be anything. It's up to you to notice them. So the plan for this series that's to last through October is to have you post your small stones throughout the month of October 2020 in the discussion on the Mindful Writing Unit on the Facebook membership community. During the month, I will add additional YouTube and or Facebook discussions and tips on one, how to polish your small stones. Polish your writing without um, working too hard on it. Two, writing your way towards slowing down. Three, writing your way towards joy. Four, writing your way through fear. And five, writing your way towards gratitude. If you would like to join the Everyday Buddhism membership community and continue your participation in this virtual workshop on mindful writing, you can do so at this link. You go to www.everyday-buddhism.com and you look at the top of the page for the tab more. If you click on more, then you'll see a tab that says join.community.or, well, I'm sorry, join-community.or-sangha. So join community or sangha. So that's www.everyday-buddhism.com. Look on the tab at the top of the first page that says more. Click on more and you'll see join community or sangha. And then you can join the membership community and be a part of this and many upcoming um, series. We have sort of cooking in the background. They may take longer than we would hope, but they're coming. Um, so that everyday uh, everyday Buddhism membership community is $5 a month. You could also join the everyday Sangha, which uh, allows entry to the um, every other week, Thursday evening, virtual Sangha meetings or and access to the recordings of the uh, Dharma talk of the everyday Sangha meetings. And that also allows you 
automatically enrolls you or has you join the membership community. So it's one or the other. Um, I hope this was interesting to you. Reach out with any questions. You can send them um, through the my website. Uh, and you can contact me there and send them through my uh, website on the contact me button. Um, and uh, I would be happy to respond to any questions you have about this or anything else we've got cooking. So have a good day. And uh, I hope to see you around the mindful writing community. <laughs>